for you doing well, love it. Attention, attention, my black brothers. What I want y'all to do right now is take out the do-rag. The silky ties down. I want to see the waves glistening. If you got nappy hair, pick it. Don't let nobody discourage you. Ariel. Black boy, Joe. Black boy. <laughs> Girl. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh-uh. So today. <laughs> any fucking thing like that i had my scarf around which it was not fucking there was things that could come through my scarf i had my scarf wrapped around my face girl like it was like the bubonic plague girl i had like two co-workers choking today and <laughs> i was said, looking at them you said she said it ain't the corona sweetie I, you don't know that girl, you, you don't, don't know, know that, that. these are some symptoms yo we're really in this we're in a fucking plague I'm so scared. It's so interesting. This is the most interesting time of my entire life. It's like, wow. You know, I've always wondered what chaotic moment... No, you know what? I feel like my own relationship to this has changed throughout time. Okay. We have not introduced ourselves. Welcome back, everybody! It hey, y'all! Your boy, Lord Zevry. And I'm Durban King. And welcome back to That Black Boy Joy, where we create a spell with black... <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to that Black Boy Joy where we create a space where black boys can be themselves and so more. We are back, you all. So happy we to be here. We are back and I am super excited I, to back be back and hopefully healthy. We are. No, I'm this this was a great mental thing that we needed. We took a little yeah. break, but we needed the break and we are back. So, first of all, how are you? Since um, we've this break? Hopefully negative of the coronavirus. <laughs> Like, what a moment in history. This is going to be one of the most significant... It's not often that I find myself aware that I am in a moment that will be marked in the history books, if there are any. Yeah. <laughs> that people will know of this time period and will know that this was a great moment of, like, you know, Resilient change, right? Change. Um, so I feel excited. I feel... I mean, like, if I'm nervous, I, it's that, like, it'll be a while before I see my loved ones again. Or yeah. it... If I'm nervous, it'll be that I don't know when I'll see my loved ones again. And I'm saying that in anticipation of a quarantine. Yeah. Not with full knowledge of one. I mean, yeah. Italy is in one, so it's not far-fetched to believe that we'll be there yeah, next. Yeah, the U.S. Yeah, definitely. I think that... I, yeah, I think me personally, I'm just a... I'm, I'm a hypochondriac. And then also, I'm a, first of all, I'm doing really well. Good. Um, mentally, what? physically. Oh, yeah, life. Yes, that's what I was asking you, I'm girl. sorry, girl. <laughs> I mean, my life has changed significantly, you know? My Ooh. romantic life is pretty decent. Yes. We're, we won't go into details, well, but it's, like, good. it's going it's, well, it's going you know? Well. Um, I got a new job that I love. Doing Yay! Something. Oh, yeah, sorry. Guys, after all this time, it's been this like, time. I got a new job. Yeah. It's good. It's, it's, it's a reset. Yeah, it is we a reset. Both, we both transitioned into new jobs during the show. Yeah, I love that. I was wondering if it would happen for me. Yeah, um, it I, it's been a long yeah. time coming, yeah. and it did, so I'm happy about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, and yeah. I feel healthier. I feel mentally healthy. Yeah, there's a lot of like things aligning correctly in your life, so yes. that's really good that you're like that. But I'm yeah, I'm good as well. Just relaxing, resting, trying to be as best with my mental health as possible. I have my first therapy session on 
in a couple of weeks. It's Yay. gonna be, you know, Congrats. of course it's gonna be virtual, but it's gonna be the first one that I actually sit down with us. Why is it gonna be virtual? Because of the corona. <laughs> the corona. Um I love this call. I like the the corona girl. Uh but no, yeah, it's gonna be virtual, so I'm excited, but I can't wait to actually have the one when I'm able to do a face to face. Um but yeah, I've been good in regards to that. I've really missed the show, but I also yeah. know we need it Miss definitely. Um a break. And a fun fact is also the I remember when we were gonna shoot. So the day that we found out was it the day or the day after? Kobe. You know what? Um it was the because the day we were supposed to shoot Sunday, was the Sunday. day that I finished my show. So yeah. we found out the day before. Yeah, so we were going to shoot the Sunday of the Grammys. Yes. But we decided, because we were actually going to talk about the topic that we're going to talk about today, because it related to that. Wow, wow. But yeah, we wow. wanted to respect that we, space at I that did. time. So we waited, and then subsequently we took a break as well. So uh, this episode, we will be talking about um, damn the death um, <laughs> you were like so hesitant. Was, we're talking about death, y'all. <laughs> I know, and it's this. This is a good thing to talk about, especially in this this era or this time right now where there is high death rates. And I, the word death just scares me. I think that's why it's important yes. to talk about it, though. It's, yes. That we don't do that enough. We don't. So we're going to talk about that. Um, talk about the, from our experiences with, with uh, death and just like this whole movement, of course. Uh, but, of course, we're going to start off with our uh, Black Boy Joy. Do we do Black Boy Joy first or do we do our Spotlight? I mean, mm-hmm. Spotlight or do we do the current events? Girl, it's been a while. Wait, I know, right? I'm over- <laughs> I'm the format of our show. Right. Oh, Black Boy Joy. So we're going to start off with the Black Boy Joy, and it's just going to be really quick. So uh, today's Black Boy Joy slash Spotlight is going to be uh, Justin Sylvester. Um, so I remembered him from, there's a show called Beverly Hill Nannies. Um, and oh, he, my God. Yes. And he was... Uh, he calls himself the lady sitter. That's why he was so familiar. Yes, he calls himself the lady lady sitter because he was, I think, the nanny or Manny to Kyle Richards off of uh, Rob. I say love hip hop, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, mm-hmm. and now he's like a producer and a television personality, television host, TV host on the Daily Pop on E News. And I just really, <laughs> I am in Nene. this space. Huh? He loves Nene. Yeah, I love watching him interact with her. He loves her so much, but I just love seeing. Um, brown men, brown boys, black men in spaces that I would like to be soon in. So I just wanted to shout him out and just be like, keep showing your showing their representation. Yes, and I Justin, know. Sylvester, you are very fine. Very fine. Oh, you want to holler, girl? <laughs> holla! No, girl, you know, I got, I got, you know, I got I love a good thirst on Black Boy Joy. Yeah, but also, I forgot to go into my, how I've been. I actually went to a, um, a workshop on masculinity. Um, oh, yeah, so there's a in DC there's a uh, organization or a place that has workshops and it's called Mask Off and it's just basically a space where um, people can dismantle their own versions or their own um, ideologies of masculinity. So you do not have or to- identify as male to be in this space, <clears throat> which was a conversation that they had at the uh, meeting, the first one that I was at. So that was a very interesting conversation to be in um, on my first meeting was, is this space um, a space for people that do not identify as male? Yeah. So if you are in the DMV area, there is an organization called Mask Off that if you are in a, if you are in the mindset or in a space where you want to have that conversation about masculinity and your own views with it, you should check it out. But that was, you know, the spotlight and then that little, 
Well, I wanted to ask you if you got anything from that. No, I definitely got a lot of stuff from it. I think I got the understanding that definitely masculinity is different um, across all spectrums of who people are. And then also understanding like what people's agenda or motives for being in that space was totally different. Oh, wow. So I think that was something I had to, I was like, wow, like I came in. So to be honest and transparent, I am not the most trustful. I don't. To be, I'm gonna just be blunt. I do not trust uh, straight cis men um, in certain spaces. So for me to, I feel like that is makes no sense for me to be on a show called Black Boy Joy, and I subsequently don't trust a large portion of black men or just men that are straight. So I wanted to go into a space, and it's just because of like you know reasons that. <laughs> just subsequential things that just triggered me and just like stayed inside of me. So I wanted to be in a space and be in this mindset of like growth and change and to just like work on building that trust or being in spaces with um, men that I quote unquote didn't feel safe around in moments. So I had to realize that that was my agenda, but then there were um, also people's agenda in that space to actually, you know, figure out, what masculinity is to them or to people around them and like what are their own spirit experiences with it. So I think a lot of people also in that space may not know what toxic masculinity is or what are some, how their masculinity or how they represent or how they portray themselves can affect others. So I think being in that space where they're um, having workshops uh, about um, us really tap into our emotions or us being able to identify with like these practices or something like that it was like really helpful for certain people so like i just enjoyed and it wasn't just black men in the space as well so that was good it was a uh, white man people that were non-binary so it wasn't just a space of one gender or one sex or one class or race that creates an environment for an interesting conversation yeah because i was like in the space and i was hearing so many different not going to say arguments, discussions about should uh, people that do not identify as male be in the space. So there they were, asked that? Yeah, that was the conversation that we had in the workshop. I know we're going on along, but this is important. So it was a, that were, there were people that um, opposed this and there were people that were for this and then there are people that just, that really wasn't, they had no, you know, care hmm. about it. But it was essentially you see people's passions and beliefs in that space and it was a space for me to listen with the intent to understand and not respond. So not be like, no, such a, uh, these people need to be in this space or because I came in with my own agenda. So I was like, oh, wait. Which was? Which was to uh, be in a space with men, straight, straight men to help gain that trust that I, excuse me, um, am lacking or I would like to uh, gain back. So, okay. Yeah. So it was a really interesting um, space and experience and I definitely will go back to it. Because um, there's a lot of different resources in that space as well that I definitely would like to bring back to the show. And then also just help myself. I'm not perfect, so why not? But yeah, enough about our spotlight. Are we getting into hot me. topics? But hot topics. I yes. mean, I feel like before we jump into the big one, right? Come on, girl. Um, before we jump into Miss Rona. <laughs> um, girl, Miss Rona. <laughs> oh, speaking of... oh. <laughs> Let's talk about politics for a moment. Mm -hmm. Um, I I just wanted to mention how devastated I was when Warren dropped out of the race. Oh, Um, yes. And it's not that I'm like, I'm not for Bernie. I do think Bernie has the capacity to really direct this nation in the direction he needed to go. But also we needed to, he needed to be here a long Mm -hmm. time ago. We needed Bernie a long time ago. Um, 
I really wanted and would still like to see Warren and Bernie be a team. Yes. I was just hoping that would look like Warren as the president and Bernie as the vice. Um, if it's vice versa, that's fine with me at this point. I was just thinking, like, I mean, sometimes I, I like do a little bit of catastrophic thinking. So even you'll probably see that today mm-hmm. in this conversation. But like, I don't, I don't see us making any large changes regardless of what happens at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Like. I, a couple of things could happen. Biden could win the Democratic nominee, a nomination, excuse me. And, you know, I think a lot of people who wanted to vote Bernie or not Biden may not show up. Yeah. I, I, I think I said this before. I think it's best if everyone does vote, but I also, it's a right that people exercise. So if people don't mm-hmm. want to exercise it, I can't shame them for not doing it, right? Yeah. I also can't tell niggas to, who to vote for. So, I mean, like, yeah, Trump is the worst, and I I think it's important for us to get him out of office. But I think at this point, people don't want to keep playing the game we played in 2016. Yeah. They don't want to play the, the lesser evil game. They yeah. want change. And change is going to come one way or another. Yeah. And it <clears throat> seems to me like we're headed into an interesting path with that. Yeah, I think my opinion when I found out Elizabeth Warren was not in the race anymore, we're just choosing the lesser of two evils in my mindset. Like with, if, if Bernie Sanders becomes president, then the Senate is going to turn Republic Republican. So it was just like, it's a lose, lose. And then we have Joe Biden in this space. And I think a lot of he's in this space because he's familiar Dick. And we've talked about that plenty of times. So it's like, will there be change if either of them are president, I highly doubt it. But we're now in this mindset, and this is my pain, girl. And no, I'm not disagreeing. Oh, with oh yeah, yeah, you. no, no, no. I'm saying that just for the masses, for people that are listening. Yeah, right? this, these are our opinions. You know, feel free to chime in. But certainly, um, I just think that now I'm more informed on this, which I appreciate that I'm more informed. More informed. He sounds so but, confident. <laughs> yes, but it's just understanding, like we're at this point where will there be change in this space? I highly doubt it will be changed, but I think it'll be a lot of damage that is being fixed or like a lot of damage control. And then when the term is up, then it's like, fuck, I didn't really get to do everything I wanted. Well, logically speaking, if anyone's going to create change, and I really hate to say this, it's going to be Trump. Yeah. Because no matter what happens... He, I mean, already we have seen him undo things and do unprecedented things, right? So the change is coming. Yeah. The the question is, how are we going to make it happen, right? Mm -hmm. So I mean, I, I, I don't feel hopeless, but it really is. It isn't looking great for us. It's not not looking great for us (laughs) because, right? Like, if Bernie wins, yeah, like we're going to have an issue outside of the executive branch. We are. We're going to have like (laughs) we're going to have the Senate issue. Um, I don't know what happened to the House. Yeah. Um, and then if if Biden wins, like, I don't. It's just going to be what status quo. Yeah. And I understand the large majority feels like that's the most realistic answer. But my my question, what I like the question I would like to pose is why was it possible for republic Republicans to get Donald Trump in office and he create the radical change that he's done so far and we can't do that for the greater good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like Donald Trump has done all these things and has um and most of them have been completely unprofessional and not policy wise. Yeah. But like he has impacted this nation in the last four years that he's been good there. or bad or just like it may I think him being in this in office made us very aware of what was in front of us. Correct. Right? Yeah. So how did that happen? But we can't do 
the exact opposite. How? Why does it have to be? Why are we presented with the options of mm-hmm. Donald Trump or status quo? I think it's because we're we're in a space where people absolutely are trying their best to get him out of office. I think it's now they're settled. But he got in there. He got in there. Yes. And would you like to know why he got in there? Yes. Because no. I I truly believe the Democrats were trying to the Democrats were trying to play it safe. Yeah. That could have been an equal game yeah. if there was someone as as ridiculous as Donald Trump was, and not ridiculous yeah. as a person, but like in terms of just like having radical ideas, just yeah. radical ideas that actually suited the greater yeah. good, the people. I think that could have been an interesting Yeah, because I'm even thinking about during when I, what I remember from Hillary's campaign, it was a lot of, like, I didn't hear a lot of what she was trying to do. I think it was just trying to, like, bash Trump. And it was like, girl, like, you're bashing Trump, but we really don't know what you're doing, so you're not helping the... Uh, you're not helping what it is. Right. The, the, the rhetoric at that time yeah. was... People don't know exactly who they want to vote for, but they know they want change. Yeah. And and he was yeah. the only person who yeah. was speaking about creating change, right? Like, Cause people, I, I don't think people realistically thought he was going to make it this far. I, I damn think, sure didn't think he was going to make it that far. I didn't think he was going to make it that far either. So I think people was like, oh, we're going to win. Like, we don't have to really talk about our policies. That's the problem, though, right? We got comfortable. And then, so you have these, you have a lot of Democrats who are, are afraid that, like, oh, it's gone too far left. But, like, the right went mm-hmm. so far fucking right that there's do no you, way you can't do that. And I think that, I think that may have been a thing with Warren. I think that people think she was too left. She was too inclusive. She was too, like, logical in the space of, like, equality and inclusivity. <sighs> I and I it. think that, like, it was interesting. I said, so we have this person that's very right. Far, far right, and this person was able to come in. So why, why this term we couldn't have nobody that was extremely left that quote unquote could have been saying things that may not have been realistic, right? Which so, fine, but neither was fucking Trump. Trump didn't either. So it was interesting to see that the 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 most extreme left couldn't even. Well, what does, doesn't that say something about our nation though? Like, doesn't that say something about our nation that we were able to go so far right and not make the same, like, I mean, is it, was it timing? Was it like, was it indicative of our capitalistic nature? Yeah. <clears throat> like what, what happened that we were able to create? We unfortunately created a space for Donald goddamn Trump yeah. to be president, but we can't just as easily have that space for someone like Bernie or someone who isn't even as radical as Bernie, Warren, be the ca- the the candidate. I think this. I think this uh, candidacy that I watched actually watching these debates. It was a lot of like not. It was bashing of each other. You know, it was really like I. I feel like. <laughs> Warren de- definitely did. The, the Democrats, the Democrats were going at each other's throats. Mm. They were ripping each other to shreds to oh. all get in the space to go against Trump. And Trump is watching these people get embarrassed. His spot is solidified. Yeah, his spot is solidified. So he's laughing because there, there was no nobody else was running oh, against nobody God. was running. So he's watching us, the Democrats, go ape shit, and we're seeing random people come in. We're seeing we seeing good people come out. Like it just was like a shit show to me. <laughs> Warren, she was. She was ripping people to shreds. I loved it. But she did have, like, policies that she wanted to incorporate. I think it was more so people... It was just like a... It was... It was celeb... Like, it was... I think it was a celebrity thing at this point. I think now it's not... We've got to a space where politics isn't about the change. It's about the notoriety. It's about the people in the space. Like, it's... 
Except that people have rallied behind Bernie because of his people first mentality, yeah. because his policies match with like taking care of the people who have been highly exploited for a long time and who don't have the resources to fucking take care of themselves. Yeah. People who are going to be more vulnerable during this particular time, right? Yeah. Like healthcare should be significantly better than it is. Someone came into my job today and was talking about how like ridiculous the, the hospitals are right now and that mm-hmm. it's taking people forever. Or even just the fact that she had to travel as far as she did to get a good doctor yeah. was a problem to me. Like, yeah. That the Virginia doctors are better because people in Northern Virginia are more wealthy than people in the yeah. D.C. area. Poor people in the D.C. area. Yeah. Um, so I, I just, I, I'm a little, I'm a little disappointed. I think mo- mostly because Democrats really thought that we could continue to skate by. Like one of the one of the major criticisms of Bernie was that he wasn't a. a a Democrat to begin with. So I think they're frustrated with him for even getting into this spot in this, um, with this party and sort of mucking up their status quo candidates. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, well, we could have just gone with what we had gone with. But but that's the problem too, though. Like, if you keep trying to keep shit how it was, you're going to continuously lose to Trump. Yeah. I do believe that, that the reason that we are going, if Trump is reelected again, if he is elected again, excuse me, it will be because there was an attempt to get things back the way they were supposed to be or the way that they were before him Mm -hmm. and not to change them, not to create something new because there was not an effort, uh, a concerted effort from the larger Democratic Party to create something new, to foster change. I think that will be our undoing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm just just waiting to see what this looks like. I'm not. No. I, that actually, I am oh, more girl, afraid wow. of our political. Yeah, not right. You're not. I am more afraid of how politics is going to go than I am the cor- of the coronavirus right now because I I think I know exactly how it's going to happen mm-hmm. and I, there are people I want to blame for that and it's not the people who aren't going to vote. I'm not. I got to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. It's not the people who are. I wish they would stop saying that on the timeline, but there are a lot of people right now who are disillusioned because in round two they're like, if Bernie doesn't win this this nomination. I'm damn sure going to do the same thing I did last time. And I'm not going to be mad at them. I'm not. Yeah. Because I am, for one, tired of being told to deal with shit the way that it is. Mm. And I think the more you tell people that, especially young people, the more rebellious they're going to be. And that's just that the na- just as it is the nature for things, for us to deal with that shit, it's the nature of people to deal with the reaction of it. Mm-hmm. And that's just is what it is. Yeah. So I'm done with that because I'm actually, that, that wow is getting me more stressed out than the coronavirus. Yeah, bro. The CV. Because I just, I don't know, politics are enraging, right? Yeah. I mean, look at look at our government's response to Miss Rona. First of all, I had a joke. You remember that song, um, Baby, will you be my Corona line? Mm-mm. Is that white? I will be your main Valentine. squeeze. I don't know the shit. And if your brother don't like my style, we can take it to the streets. Girl, what song is this? We can take it to the streets. Girl, what is this, Barbie? <laughs> Girl, I'm going to tell you who it is. Corona and Lime. Corona and Lime? Girl, is it Sean Kingston? No, this was from, like, h- high school days. <laughs> but usually I said Sean Kingston for some reason. Yeah, I mean, wait, you know, wait. I could see that, but Shways. Shways? Look at them. Baby, will you be my Corona and Lime? No, bro, not Shways. <laughs> Coronavirus and Lyme disease. <laughs> Girl, bye! Mm. We can talk about all the sicknesses today. Are we ready to get into the hot topic or what? We are ready to get into the hot topic. All right, girl. So, what do you what are your thoughts? You're you're terrified of I, this. Okay, so just okay. So the coronavirus. I didn't get really like nervous about it. So I made a joke Monday, which I kind of bites me in the ass. I was like, Thanks. "Girl, like, why are we worried about this? It's not that serious. Like, we're not old." Oh. 
You know? And I was like, ooh, that was that was ageist. I got complicated feelings about that. Because yeah. they are a very vulnerable uh, they demographic. Are. But, but it's also people that have autoimmune yep. deficiencies. deficiencies. Yep. It is also people that, you know, have like kidney failures or like, you know, diabetes. Anyone so, with a compromised um, immune system right. is vulnerable. So I said something and I was like, damn, I came from like a privileged, I came from a privileged voice. But I, I wasn't trying to. But then like now... I'm see. I'm starting to see it get closer and closer to me. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to be like, this is real. And I it think, was coming. Yes, <laughs> and even going with the conversation of death, don't want to jump into it, but it's like we don't really worry about it until it's too late. That's not true about me. No, I mean some people. <laughs> some, people some people don't worry about something until the worst happens. Yeah, and I then, think that's irresponsible. A lot of people don't, but a lot there's things that could be prevented. But we're getting to spaces yes. where we pa- we're past the prevention space, and now we're trying to maintain it. But that's my problem with people in general. But that's yeah. my whole thing about like sticking with things like in the right now, right? Like there's a balance between living in the moment and then being prepared for the worst. Yeah. And I think that, that we don't do it. We historically don't do enough of that. I remember yeah. when Atlanta got that terrible snow first time. I was like, okay, I expected y'all not to be prepared for that. You yeah. didn't know it was coming. But after the first time, it's like, wow, snow can hit here. Let's get a plan. In case this ever happens again, next fucking year, same shit. And they were in the same predicament, running around. So it's like, we think, oh, the odds are it won't happen again, or we think that or not. But once something becomes a possibility, there should at least be some sort of contingency yeah. plan. And I think things move quickly, so we think, oh, there's not enough time to stop and yeah. do this. But I truly do think that there should be disaster preparedness in all spaces yeah. where people are gathering together. Yeah, I'm watching, so I've a lot, a lot of people watching this show, but there's a Netflix show called Pandemic, and it's talking about, like, people that actually work in crisis control or work in disease control and things like that. So it's educating you on what people are trying to do or what people are implementing. A lot of people are doing trial and error type shit, too. Yeah. Like, I'm learning, specifically during this corona phase, this corona era, it's, it's, there's, no, there's no cure for it. So they're trying to, what I keep hearing is, um, what is it? With the curve, they're trying to um, lower the curve, or uh, it's, it's something in the mindset of like slow down the rate of how many people are getting it. Does that look like quarantine? Then? It's yes, the quarantine. It's it the self quarantine. So it's sense. like we're trying to edge the control, slow the the, the curve of it, so right. that yes, we know that it's happening. But if we can get as this as a small amount of people to be able to control this, right. then it'd be great. But I think it's just like making sure people are taking this as serious as possible because I I just would hate for it to get out of hand because we're we're jokingly not washing our hands or we're not really like listening to the news or like when they tell us to stay in or stay in. I'm just like really specifically like baby boomers or specifically like our parents. Like I don't think my parents or people's parents are really taking this as serious. They're like, oh, they should be the ones most concerned. Right, and I think like me and my sister had a conversation, you know, about my mom and dad and my family, and they're just like, oh, it's not really, it's not here or it's not going to happen. But it's like one person could have it, and then you don't know how they they've interacted with people, so it can just like fucking like it only takes one person it's how viruses to spread fucking period. have a vi- you know so it's just like scary but i do appreciate the constant updates i do appreciate this being in every form of media I do too. regardless if it's a joke or regardless of what well, the jokes are too the jokes you know, it only needs to be in increments but like the jokes twitter you know all these places that people are looking at i think that is important to raise awareness and let us know what the symptoms are like I didn't know what the symptoms were, bitch. I thought I was like, I felt tired this morning. I said, bitch, I got the corona. But no, that's not only one symptom. But, you know, jobs are now, you know, 
telling people to stay home and like all that stuff. I think I'm starting to now think about so an issue that I'm thinking about is like schools are closing, right? Yes, right. A lot of things are closing, jobs are closing, and things have done. I'm thinking about people's welfare or the emotional well. Is that the right word I'm trying to say? Yeah, I yeah. Think the so. emotional welfare, the financial welfare, welfare of what's happening when I feel like there's going to be a depression. Well, the, yeah. Well, so that. <laughs> They're already talking about what they can do. I think there was like a 1.5, I would like to say it was trillion dollars that the government is going to give to um, Wall Street to try to balance out the economy or whatever. But on an individual level, people who aren't salaried are going to be the most vulnerable, I think. Um, If you have to work for your money, if if you have to physically do work to get money, um, and that's by the hour or by the minute, those people are going to be the ones that are most vulnerable. Um, So I think that is something really to be concerned about. And even when... So we, a lot of us are making the jokes to to cope, and I think that that's completely fine and completely natural. We did the same thing with yeah. um, quote unquote World War Three, um, but it is important that we also recognize that a number of people are going to be adversely affected by this, mm-hmm. and that's with every cancellation. We've seen people tweet about colleges um, canceling in, courses in and sending kids home. Yeah, it's like okay, well, some of them need to eat, so where are they going to get their meals from since they can't get it from school? Right? Yeah. Some of them can't fly back because they don't have the money for their flights so or stuck. whatever, so they're stuck there. Yeah. Some of them have terrible relationships with their parents. To them, I would say, hey, you might have to deal with that one. Yeah. Um, if they're not being too abusive or if it's not like a completely toxic environment, you're gonna have to suck that one up. Baby. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, like people are are definitely adversely affected by yeah. this at at different angles, mm-hmm. and that sucks. Yeah, I think about like I'm the I think the poverty stricken people are like so it's going to get out of hand if it's not controlled. I yep. think there's going to be like if there's you know because you know people that I just think about like electric can be cut off because like there's nobody working at the place yeah, I was wondering that stuff, too. or like you know food rations like you know every grocery store right now is being like does like things are being like all shit is gone so it's like rations it's just like what is next and you know I'm just like even with the NBA like they're like you know no more the season is done like I just read that Duke took themselves out of the NCAA you said the season is done yeah or they just take a I thought they were taking a break girl the season no oh they ended the season yes Oh girl, yeah. wow! Yeah, the NCAA. I'm telling y'all, when they stop the sports, that's it. Right when um, I just saw that Duke took themselves out of the NCAA, the um, like bracket. They said, "Bitch, if we're not having an audience, we're not doing this." Hmm. Like it's just like very. LeBron said the same thing. Like if there's no audience, I'm not playing. Like you know, it's just like it's really serious, and we need to take this serious. And I'm also issue like I being in the DMV area, the only place that still is open is DC schools. Like get they need to close them bitches down. Who's responsible for that? Ba- Bowser? Bowser. Well, they're closed Monday, but we do I just want us to stay up to date and just stay informed. And you know, if you are sick, please stay home. Self quarantine. Self quarantine. The quarantine is not the worst thing Girl, that can no, happen to it's us. Not. It's literally me. like people dying so. it's literally you being preventative of this stuff so it is what it is so yeah i, I just like at the point that schools are canceled it's like where are the kids gonna go right parents are gonna have to stay home with them at some point so yeah they're gonna start at some point canceling people's work and then i mean and my my greatest thought is this is a very capitalist country so at the point that they're stopping 
millions of dollars coming in with the sports, you know that like there's going to be some grand changes going on here. So we pretty much are at the point where we're definitely going to be quarantined um, since Italy already is. Um, but I saw a picture of some people up in the streets. I don't know what they're doing. Uh, it's got to be some people out there, pictures and shit or um, drones or something. <laughs> we got them. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> this is some crazy stuff. You know what? I I let's talk about our feelings about this. Yeah, right? let's talk about that. <laughs> you can go first. I'm scared. I've already said that. I am very um, on eggshells and like what I'm a hypochondriac in everything. So like this m- moment is making me like, okay, do I have the symptoms or like how, am I catching the? You know, I'm just like very like cautious about how i'm moving and i'm very like i'm gonna be i'm being extreme in things like i'm like really like uh, i can't really high five or uh, i can't really you know i wash my hands like uh, so i wash my hands like as you should times today like not saying that i don't wash my hands a lot but i don't, I don't wash it as like 10 to 12 times a day like every time now, huh? I, every time i touch something i was like you know so it's, i'm scared i i think just and then also seeing people just frantic in certain spaces just makes me like I have I have also anxiety and like when people are doing too much in spaces so yeah. I'm like calm the fuck down stop don't move too much or just don't be all paranoid or everybody's coming at me about once about everything like I very yeah I get scared so that, that, yeah I know I'm just like ah but um okay yeah how do you um well I think my first I'm very intrigued right now like I'm so interested in everything that's going on um I, I I've said this before and it still stands true even with a pandemic and in, in tune um I thrive in chaos. Mm-hmm. It is just very engaging. Um, and there's so many places for my mind to go. And like, yeah, it makes sense to my anxiety. like, yeah. Or at least to the anxiety I feel on a normal day when things are a little more calm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm watching the outside world reflect some of the busiest and craziest things that have like existed in my like brain, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so interesting. I was walking to the metro from work today and I could just, I was just like slightly eavesdropping. Like my ear was just focusing in on people's conversations as I was passing them and mm. everyone was talking about this. Yeah. This lady's like, is this the first time they've ever done this? Like closed everything? I mean, like this is, this is crazy. Yeah. And like the kids are running around because they're all happy. And so I feel like a witness. Yeah. Like I'm just witnessing all of it and I'm not, I don't know how I feel feel like yeah. part of me is like excited to see what will happen and then of course i'm one abundantly aware that there's like a lot of tragedy happening right now um and a lot of death yeah so i mean i can't be happy about death but i can be excited about change and yeah. i can be excited about you know stimulation um and i'm interested to see if this country is as resilient as we are um militaristically offensive like if we're gonna be as resilient domestically as we are powerful Mm -hmm. in times of war Mm -hmm. do we have these resources in this field can we do well in this the way that we do when we go and fight right Mm. you know what i mean because we're so effective in war right yeah how are we in a pandemic it's interesting to see how delayed this country's response has been to the pandemic because we've been talking about corona for almost a month now Mm -hmm. All right. And they're like, oh, it is, it's not here yet. So yeah. that's not working. Oh, no, it's just in China. Right. Um, so I have to do a little bit more research because I think the, the country knew about it a little longer than we think they did. Yep. I, I agree with that. So I definitely um, think that. At that point, I, I'm, I'm willing to go out and say, 
Lots of people really dropped the ball. And a lot of organizations are dropping the ball right now. More people are going to work tomorrow than should. Now, I do want to go get my work computer. (laughs) But, like, I I should have been able to take my work computer today. I should have been, I should have known today that we were not coming back up in there. Yeah. And that should have been it. Yeah, I I still have, I know I have work Saturday still, too. Like, there's You what? You have a what on what? You have a what on what? Yes. So, there was, I asked, are we canceling this? And then my... My director was like, well, it's saying that, like, things that are canceled with more than 100 people or 1,000, like, large mass events. So this won't be need to be canceled. Let me tell you something, Deborah. So I'm just like... People keep saying life goes on like this is, like, not a virus. It's a pathogen. Yeah. It's not like an event, right? It's not like war. Yeah. Because a lot of countries, a lot of people are still going to school, still doing, like, you know, even though bombs are dropping all around them. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. Yeah. But like a pathogen, mm-hmm. as in it's gonna do what it's gonna do. Yeah. Why would they say that to you? Yeah, I don't know because I was because I'm there, cause I, like I was like, so what are we doing? Because we have a lot, so we have mentors and mentees, so we have mentors that are older. So. Oh my god! You mean like in their fifty-five plus? Yeah. <laughs> and we have young teens. We have we have young kids. So like. Them kids probably all got it. <laughs> Saturday, they might all get it. Fuck it. Like, God forbid. But I just, are we are we serious? I'm telling Are we really? No, I'm not taking this? it seriously enough. I don't know. I don't know how to feel. I think people are literally like, when somebody tells us the shit hits the fan, the shit hits the fan, and it's going to be mass tolls of like, the hospital cannot. There's a, there's a balance. It's so hard to get everyone in the country on the same page because you got people who've been running to the stores for the last two to three weeks mm-hmm. who've been buying up shit since they heard about coronavirus. Yeah. But then you got people who are like, oh, we'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Let's have our events. Like, yes. Where's the balance? Mm-hmm. Chad, I don't know. I... <laughs> I do not know. I don't know where the balance is at. I don't know. I'm just... Bitch, just let me know when I'm quarantined. Just let me know when they when we are in a state of emergency and we need to be in our. Are we in that? Fourteen days. We in the now. state of emergency. They didn't said that yesterday. Come on, cool, cool, cool. Let my job know that, or I'm gonna just let my job know that I'm in a state of emergency. Are you gonna go? I guess you got to. To be true, I mean, I don't have to. Okay, but I think I will go. <laughs> this Nene face. Ugh. I think I will. Y'all, my facial expressions the whole time is Nene. I think I will go, but I'll be very... I don't know. I'll, I'll go. But if they tell me I don't need to go in a heartbeat, bitch, I will not fucking argue. I would not. I'm, I I don't want to go to work. I know for a fact Monday I don't want to be at work. So I don't know why. I don't know. By Monday, no one will be at work. I do believe that to be a truth. I think they're really just trying to situate stuff for the end of the week. But by Monday, I'm pretty sure everyone will be at home. Good. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine how much work anybody's gonna get done. This Bitch, I ain't doing so no work. Interesting. I'm not doing no work. I mean, well, at least it's the world economy and not just the U.S. economy, right? Like everybody's economy is at stake at this point if they're not being if they're being affected by this. Yeah, Jesus, that's like, loud. Look at, you're looking at China. You're looking yeah. at uh, Italy. Italy is shut down. Churches <laughs> shut the fuck down. Yeah, I mean, so let's you know. Yeah. All right. Um. So from that, from one morbid topic to, to the ultimate morbid <laughs> to the ultimate topic, we're talking about death. Let's talk about death, death baby. baby. Let's talk about you and me. All right. Talk about good dumb things, all the bad things that this could be. Let's Ow. talk about death, baby. So you what, know, that's weird that we put those two together. I mean, no. I mean, it was inevitable. I yeah. mean, we were going to talk about this at some point, but yeah. like the timeliness, right? Everything's right. been timely because lately. we didn't talk about it. Because we wanted, you know, respect. 
for the whole situation that happened with Kobe yeah. and his daughter. And then boom, we thousands fought. of people died. And it was right. like, oh, okay, we should probably talk about that. Well, first thing I was gonna I, I was gonna say it earlier, but I definitely want to say it now. I don't think we talk about death enough. We don't. I think we I think people go out of their way to avoid the topic of death. And the issue is, is that if you wait until death happens to talk about it, it's too late. Mm-hmm. Right? There are things that people need to understand. There are, i.e., their own feelings mm-hmm. um, and the complications of death, like insurance. Life insurance is helpful if you die because then you know you can pay for the funeral. Do people know that funerals are expensive? That yeah. bodies, like putting a body in a casket, getting the casket is expensive. Like getting the the organization, you have to buy a fucking plot. I mean, are the services? It, do, I don't think do they so. cost money too? Like, so I don't know. embalming and stuff. The thing about it is, like, I don't know shit about this. Oh, girl! I know that it cost, but I don't know what are the finances. At least like six to ten thousand dollars. At least, like, this is crazy. Like, you, sh- like, this is a this is a time when you should be grieving, or like not being stressed out. You're right. And then you have to pay all these things. That's why you talk about it. Yeah, I know some people just don't get buried. Right. I want to be cremated. Regardless. Some people, some people don't even know like where the fuck their their ans- like where the people were at that they you know it's just like mm. some people are still in funerals. Oh, oh, what? I didn't know that. I... <laughs> oh, like in mortuary. Yes. Oh, right, 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 right. I was like, wait, yes. what? Um, yeah, no, seriously, they are like there are. You can open up a little file and thing. There's a body in there. Correct. <laughs> Sorry, Correct. I to laugh at that. But no, it's, um, it's okay. So, like, here's the thing. I want you, and I will, I will forgive you. And I'm sure our listeners will forgive you yes. if there's laughter during this because I think that's a coping. That's so, like, a form. People often. It's awkward. I laugh at funerals all the time. And I don't think anything is funny. It's very uncomfortable. Yeah, to me, it's very. I don't. It's a, it's a very uncomfortable conversation for me. So I think I like to ease it. I joke, but it's I can't. It's hmm. so it's a very yeah. It's very it's not yeah. It's very very yeah. I think I think if we can approach, and this is my thought process behind this conversation, if we can approach how we think and feel about death, it might make this experience a little bit more easy, yeah. right? a little easier. Yeah. Um, because it's one thing about death is that it is inevitable. Yeah. It is unavoidable. Yeah. You can postpone it, um, mm. and you can prepare for it. You can try to. Avoid it right now. You can do things to make sure it happens at a more appropriate and yeah. peaceful time. But it is going to happen and you don't always have control over it. You don't yeah. almost never have control over when it is. Yeah. So um, now that we've gotten that long part out of the way, yeah. let me start with the questions. My very first question for you. I'm so excited. I know, yeah. As a person who wants to talk about death all the time, I'm like, yes, we're going to be a person that's over here like... This is perfect, right? Yeah, I like this. I appreciate this because I'm getting out of my own comfort zone in a space that needs to be uncomfortable. Right. <laughs> Tell me, um, and you can take a moment to think if you need to, what was your first awareness of death? Like, when did you first understand what death was and that you would one day become it? Um, So my sister had leukemia at a very young age. And um, it's a form of, I think, blood or bone cancer. Which one is leukemia? Blood? Blood? Well, whatever. It's it's either blood or bone cancer. So there was a lot of um, me being at the hospital. She was always tired. She was always just like very, like just very fatigued. This is your twin? My twin, yeah. So I learned about death when there was conversation with my mom and dad that like cancer, she may not make it. Like cancer is something that can take people's lives. Wow. You know, so I had to learn about 
cancer. I had to learn about death at a very young age because I had my sister, my twin, that was always in the hospitals, always needing blood transfusions, chemotherapy. I was always like, girl, why are you so tired? Like, sis, why are you like so fatigued and things like that? So I had to learn about this person may not be with you because of something that is out of her control. So mm-hmm. I learned about that at a very young age. So I had to learn how to enjoy, embrace the moments with her because I never knew what would happen. Um, I don't know if there'd be a one day she'd just be too weak to like fight through the leukemia or just be too t- too um just just didn't want to go through it so it was very uh very young i think i want to probably say i was like eight or nine because oh, i was wow. always i was always at the hospital with her every day after school we was at the hospital i was playing a video i'll be playing a video game in her room and she'd be sitting on the bed getting her transfusions i have never heard this from you before yeah, no i wow. yeah i so i was always with her every day i'm like can we go see that sister my sister was not in school of course she couldn't be in certainly school as much. so i was as meeting i was always after school with her but um it was scary because i got numb to it like oh this this is supposed to happen and like if this happens like i will have to be okay with her going like if with her because we had the conversations because there's moments when it'd be bad like when she just was tired like she's just like mom and dad like i don't want to do this anymore so it's like it was hard so i had to understand like okay like be prepared like if there's one day she just doesn't want to do it and she's like tired and she just doesn't push through we have to say goodbye so it's um so my question now then is did did that was is that the reason it's so hard for you to talk about it today? It's so hard for me to talk about it because I, I it just makes me realize that it's un, it's out of your control. It is. It is the, so the ultimate thing. I'm, out of it. I'm afraid of the unknown, so I hate talking about it because it just makes me think about like any moment of your life could be gone. Hmm. Like anything can happen out of your control that will take you that will take it away. So me, I'm not trying to think about that. I'm not trying to like even be in a conversation of that cuz like it's inevitable. Oh. Like I don't want it to be me after I talk about it. You know, I don't want to it it just scares me to even like put myself in this conversation like you're going to die. We were, yeah, were you aware yeah. of it for yourself or was it just in relationship to yourself? I, I like, wasn't aware of it for myself. Because I only thought people that were sick. Ah, okay. All right. I I feel that way too when because yeah. people died when yeah. they were younger, right? Like, like you can it was like, oh, if I'm in the if I'm not in the wrong places at the wrong time, I won't die. But if I'm sick, like it was basically like if you're sick or if you're at the wrong place at the wrong time, you will die. Mm. If you're minding your business and you're eating healthy and you're, you know, everything is right with you, you're going to the doctor and it can be cured, you won't die. Yeah. But when I came to reality, like shit accidents can happen and yeah. like, you know, one thing could fuck up. You just automatically like have like a random like virus, like shit, Corona, or like you have like uh, a, a, like something that just comes out of nowhere. It it really bothered me. I think that that was that I, I started to learn about death just just being in the inner city, like knowing death was casual. Like you getting shot, you was at the wrong place at the wrong time. This is Dayton. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you I remember I remember seeing somebody literally not die, but was on their last breath. Um so my grandma and I were driving from somewhere. I remember she had I had on this big white t shirt and I was in the car just having a good old time with her. And there was a person in front that was just swerving back and forth. I think I was ten or twelve. I don't know why I had a big ass shirt on when I was 10 or 12, but this person was just in front of us swerving back and forth. My grandma was like, what the hell is going on and stuff like that? So at a red light, he got out of his car and like 
he came out and was like stumbling towards my our car and my grandma's like what the fuck is going on so he falls out on our car and we realized that he had been shot by the police because he was running from the police oh lord he had, he had stole some stuff what or whatever, the hell and he had like he was trying to get himself to the hospital and he couldn't get himself to the hospital so he wanted us uh, uh, this is my mindset he wanted us to take them so my grandma uh, he like he couldn't drive himself so yeah Eventually, I think he did pass away. I don't know what happened, but my grandma like was trying to help, and she called nine one one and all that stuff. Like then, it was scary because I was in the car. My grandma was like, "Don't look, close your eyes," and I'm just like, "Oh my god, this is so." How old were you? So you were twelve. I was like ten or twelve. Oh, I remember god. that. I just remember in the car having a good old time, and then my grandma like, "Why the fuck is he swerving?" So then, like realizing, like, like shit, like, <laughs> like that man is dying. That man is dying in front of me, child. So yeah, I, it was. I learned about it just like my inner, just being in the inner city too. Just shit can happen, but you, it was either you at the wrong place at the wrong time, hanging with the wrong crowd, yeah, or you were already sick. Hmm. Uh, but what about you? I think it was always removed from me. I think um, so like the f- because I had known a lot of older people mm-hmm. that my like, grandparents died. Um, so I think the first time I hadn't I had been aware that someone had died was probably my my great grandmother, and I was probably like four or five at that point i knew she was there i have memories of her being there and then she wasn't Mm -hmm. and then the next person that i knew of who died was like my grandfather and i was third grade and then the next person was another grandfather so like the it was always yeah you know the older folk right yeah um i think though like i loosely knew that i could die Mm -hmm. and when i was saddest when i was probably which was probably depression as a child i wanted that right and then I knew what it meant to want that, though. Mm-hmm. That's different. Me want me saying I want that as a child and dealing with depression and yeah. then actually understanding what it means and then saying I want that is different. Yeah. It does, it's very different. It's, it is one thing to say as, as a, an eight-year-old, I don't want to be. Because mm-hmm. most of the time they translate to, I don't want to feel this way. Yeah. It is another thing to say, if I don't feel this way and I am just not, I want that. I don't, yeah, like, yeah. I don't care about... I, I don't want anything. I want nothing. That's like a... Nothing. Yeah. Right? Um, or whatever comes after it. Yeah. And I would say that was high school. So mm-hmm. it was like, um, you know, I don't... I think it had a lot to do with my sexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just... Yeah, I mean, depression was really the, the intro for my personal relationship to death. Mm-hmm. And then um, the first time, actually, that one of my peers died suddenly um then that was another time Mm. so when i was in costa rica i think that was actually the most pivotal that was the most pivotal moment of me and death like that was the man that was the the minute that i realized that i had a relationship to death and um so we were in costa rica it was five of us in our program we're really getting close to each other we had some life-changing experiences that we shared together so we we became relatively close Mm -hmm. as close as five people in a small program in another country can get Mm -hmm. um and then you know we were all everything was fine one day the next day it was like hey you know this guy is missing and we were like missing what the hell and i remember i had this gut feeling that day that like he's gone Mm. And, and 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 it wasn't even no and i wasn't even because i think i'm telling the story wrong they said a kid is missing or is, is has drowned 
we knew we hadn't heard from him. So mm-hmm. I put two and two together, said that's mm-hmm. him. We hadn't gotten confirmation. We got confirmation later that night. And I remember just like sobbing for hours. And then so they had finally found his body at some point and confirmed that he was dead. And we had to go through that mourning process while we were in Costa Rica, um, which is still a little like, oh, like imagine being away from home, away from your emotional support system and like trying to cope with. Yeah, you're isolated. It was weird. In a foreign country. Um, and so because he was the only other black male, um, and maybe this is slightly narcissistic, so I do apologize if it is, but I was like, wow, like that, that could have been me. Yeah. And, um, and maybe not in that particular instance, but like, I, I started to realize like, what does this family feel like? Like they lost him. Like he went away and he's not coming back. And then I was like, damn bitch, you know, death is really like around the corner, like dead ass. Right. So I get back to school that um, the semester after that, and I realize you're finishing this experience. You're leaving this safe space. Yeah. Here you are, a makeup wearing, you know, feminine mm-hmm. gay man, and you're about to go into the quote unquote real world. And mm-hmm. I remember it was closer to my birthday. I'm sitting across the table with my best friend, and I say to her, I feel like I'm coming face to face with my mortality. And I remember, like, sitting there, like, and I just started crying. And I think it was the realization that, like, death really is, like, right there. It had been, it had yeah. been that close and and not knowing. It was that fear of, of not knowing something. And so at that point, I had to make a decision. Do I want to fear this thing or do I want to understand it? Mm-hmm. And so it started my journey to just trying to figure out, like, what, how do people talk about death? What do people mm-hmm. think about death? How do I feel? And do I know what's going to happen? Of course, I don't know what's going to happen. But which theory do I prefer? Do I prefer the idea of heaven and hell? Do I prefer the idea of nothing? Recreation? Yeah. Oh, I've looked up so many different, like, views of afterlife. And because my thought process is it becomes less scary if I know as much as I can know about yeah. it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the more you know, the more power you have. So I, and maybe this is even yeah. naive of me, feel like as a person who knows or who has done a lot of research about death, it's not that scary. Yeah. Because it's going to happen. I think I'm more so afraid of the pain that comes with taking your last breath. Uh-huh. They said it I hurts. I think that is the thing that I don't want to like face i would mm-hmm. if i i think i would like to i mean of course who wouldn't want to be peaceful when they go but i just i think i'm i don't i don't want to feel the pain mm. i don't want to just be struggling in for my last breath or i'm fighting for my life yeah. i don't want to deal with that and i think that's the thing that just like scares me it's like the coming to reality mm. or realization that like there might be a moment where you have to fight for your life there's oh. a moment where you're you're trapped in a, a vehicle that's on fire or you're, you know, hanging by, you know, it's just like, or you're shot and you're trying to get raced to the hot. Like, it's just that 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 fear of like, you have to you know, push through when you have nothing to give. Right. But you have to push through. It scares me. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not afraid of going into whatever's next, you know, the afterlife or, you know, going into, you know, um, the good place. If you watch the movie, the good, I mean, the show, the good place, whatever with Christian, uh, Bell, Kristen Bell, like, I'm not afraid of like what happens after I'm trying I am afraid of what's happened during that, that, mm. that moment. That's practical. Yeah. I like that. I appreciate and that. And I'm just like, 
I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to see my death right in front of me. I don't want to deal with this pain. I don't want to. The way I see it, though, like niggas get shot and survive all the time. And I imagine that pain isn't great either. It's right? Not, or, yeah. and, or that you've experienced some pain. Yeah. And, like, you, and you, you, you obviously cannot compare the pain of death to anything else. Mm-mm. But who's to say it's going to be any worse than any pain you felt? It's <sighs> like it's just because it's the last pain you feel or the last thing you feel doesn't necessarily mean it'll be the worst thing you feel. Yeah, but you won't. But you won't know. You, of course. We won't. <laughs> that's, well, that's yeah, why. Yeah. I mean. But again, yeah. it's the anxiety of the unknown that makes people so afraid. And my next question was, are you afraid? I didn't mean to lead yeah. us into that. No, no, that, no, but... you're fine. Yeah, I'm definitely afraid of it. I'm afraid of I, me being this person that stresses, thinking about, have I done as much as I wanted to mm. before this time comes? Good point. I, I want to know what will, what will be of me on this earth when I am gone. How much of your, and this is not a question yeah. I plan to ask, but how much of what you do has is centered around the idea of death um right now it's not centered around death because i'm thinking about like what's making me happy but i think when i get when i get closer or older i will start to be like okay like now what do you want to what is your last i don't know why i'm not thinking about i'm not thinking of death right now for some reason Mm. i'm not thinking of like oh i can go i'm thinking about like when I'm getting older and there's like more, like I have a rarity of, st- I don't know. Like I'm just thinking about like when I'm getting cl- closer and older of age that like <laughs> what is happening. But, um, what was the question again? So I- it was, um, well, I was going to answer it, but I forgot what the question was. Like I, I can answer it, but I don't remember what the words were. It was like, what, um, Oh, has, you- has ever, how much of what you've done has yeah. been, um, Surrounded or, or motivated by death, by yeah, the knowledge of it's, death. It's not, it has nothing's really been motivi- motiva- motivated by it now because I know I would have extreme anxiety and I would try to do everything at an accelerated rate, mm. um, mm. which I have to realize that some things I can't be done at this time. Mm. So I have to like be patient. So I, I, cause if I thought about death right now, I'll be trying to ac- accomplish so many things and I'm only 25, about to be 26, but I, I just have to be like, calm down, like, Take it one step at a time. Let's let's get this let's get to a certain age that you want to start really thinking about it. Like huh. thinking about creating a will right now is so that'd be crazy. Can I tell you something? What? Every decision I've made since 2015 has been based on the full knowledge and expectation that I was gonna die before now. Like I didn't I, I right? I didn't think I was gonna make it to 25. Yeah. I, I really didn't. I get scared because I, I don't know. It's weird because I think about death because I don't know where I think about. Okay, so I think about death because I'm like I don't know where I want to be in life. I knew, I always knew. So I'm like, is that because I'm being scary? Is that because I'm supposed to die before I know? No, right? It's weird. I think about that. Like I don't know where I'm supposed to be at in life. I don't know if I'm doing what I want to do. But is that a sign that like you will be gone before your time hmm. of? figured out who you are. Well, that's... Um, people think that they should have their whole lives figured out and they yeah. shouldn't. I think what's worse is knowing exactly where you want to be and not knowing if you'll have enough time to get there. Mm-hmm. I've, or at least so I've thought so, right? Like yeah. that... That's where my... You're right. Well, everything that you said described my mm-hmm. experience that there is this anxiety or this need to accomplish everything before you get there. And yeah, it's not a good place to be. And it doesn't... It does not foster a healthy life. Mm-hmm. I want to say that much. That like the anxiety can cause disordered eating it can cause like i mean because you start thinking about oh let me do this and this and this instead yeah. of things like let me sit down and like eat 
yeah. and drink and take care of myself. Get enough rest. Yeah. Be nice to myself, right. right? You're thinking, let me accomplish, accomplish, accomplish because I'm worried about my legacy. What am I going to leave behind? If I die tomorrow, can, can I say I left a good impact on people? Yeah. That's the thing. So, I don't know if this is... How do you mourn? How do I mourn? Yeah. Oh, um, it depends. So, recently, I've experienced... Um, my uncle died. I actually mm. just saw my cousin in the grocery store before I got here. Yeah. Um, her father just passed. Yeah. Um, on Valentine's Day. Mm. And I was busy. I was at work when my mom told me. And so there, things couldn't stop for me at that moment to mourn. I was pissed. I was mad because I wanted to visit him before the month was out. And I thought I would have more time. I, yeah. I truly thought between Wednesday and Friday, I, would ha- I was going to have more time. And I didn't. Mm-hmm. Two days were gone and he was gone. Mm. Um, and it, immediately, I was just like, fuck, man. But then I was like, I don't really want to cry right now. I had a date. So I didn't want to be sad because I didn't want to cancel the date because my romantic life has never existed like it does now. And so it was complicated. And I had just gotten a new job and was going to be leaving soon. I had just put my two weeks notice in. Mm -hmm. So that particular instance was fucked up because I just, my brain could not settle into mourning, right? How I have mourned in the past is, I think, the same thing. I think I, I am just thinking about other things. Yeah. But the only time that I've actively mourned instantly was when Dion died. And that was because I had been anxious about it that whole day before anyone said anything. Um, And I don't... I think about how I will mourn when the people closest to me go. And I I know I'll be devastated. It's, 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 It's hard, right? Yeah. It's... How do you mourn? Um... I don't. Hmm. I don't think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, I've had people die in my life. Not I've had people close. Like, so I had my god mom pass away Christmas Day. I want to say 20, 20, I want to say 20, I don't remember, 2020, like, chart, 2013, 2014, one of those um, times. And I think that really hit me because I was close to her. Mm. Like, I remember seeing her. Um and she had like, I think she had got like, um, I think she had lost like, what, like liposuction or something where like you just they take the weight, the fat or whatever. She had that, and we knew she was sick from that. Um, and we had found out that she had passed away on Christmas, so it was shocking because we were all with her, her kids. I don't know, I don't know if my parents knew something was going on with her, but we was all together for Christmas. Um, and it didn't hit, it didn't hit me until I went to her. I wasn't gonna go to her funeral. And I seen her mm. with an open casket. Yeah. And I seen everybody else's emotion around. So I don't, it it doesn't hit me until it's in my face. Until I see it's gone. The person is gone. I If I don't see that the person is gone, I will not connect with it. You know, like if I know my, my grandma's brother, um, he passed away and his, her two sisters have passed away. Um, I didn't go to the funerals. I it it's not as it didn't hit home because I wasn't I didn't see the moment. You know what I'm trying to say? I didn't see the body before it was before I don't know how to explain it. I didn't see them at peace or when they were in the casket. Whereas I seen her in her casket and I seen everybody else's and I seen the kids saying, Wake up and wake up and I was like, 
I can't do this. Like I went and cried because like it, 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 it hurts to see somebody else in pain and also to see somebody never get that person back. That's the part that affects me more than anything. I can't, I can't see nobody else in pain. Me neither. I hate watching other people mourn because I instantly, you're right, baby. I'm fine. No, I don't. So the thing about me is I don't really try to be emotional. I know. And it's, really hard and this this conversation is making me think about the moments that I've had to to deal with death and how I've been in those spaces and I've been numb. Yeah. Me too. I've been just like, oh, okay. And I think it hasn't hit me hard Mm. because A, I'm not I'm not with my family right now, too. So that might play a part too. Um oh man. But that might make it easier. I don't know. For me, I don't. I don't know. know. But it's also I haven't had like immediate family, like like my grandma or my my mom's dad passed away. I wasn't connect. I wasn't connected to him. I mean, I know my mom was upset, but I never seen that. You know, it's emotional. I, I I don't know. It's like I've never been in close proximity of someone that I've really been like connected to on a constant basis to see them like go. And I'm afraid to see that. I'm afraid to even talk about it. Like I have a thing where like my, when my sister calls, my mom calls, my dad's called answer on the first, on the first ring. I don't care where I'm at. Cause I'm not here. And now I think I always answer with the fear okay. that somebody is something is somebody is gone. So it's like really scary. I don't know. I don't know. I just, I just, I think about it. And I don't mourn in the moment with people that I do not, like, I'm not connected with in a long time. I agree. Well, I don't know. I've been fortunate enough that the people whose deaths would destroy me um, are still here. Right? Same, yeah. And I don't... It is so much easier for me to talk about my death because I don't have to deal with it, right? I'm gone. Yeah. But when I talk about them yeah it's something different right those yeah. feelings come up and i'm as a person who feels things very deeply um they that is a time that i won't venture into that territory yeah i've i've had dreams about um like my sister yeah um about her dying i mean not for any other reason than because it's a great fear of mine right yeah and that one gets me that yeah. one gets me all the time and it's so much easier for me to explore death through myself than it is through other people because I'm not thinking about pain. I'm thinking about me mm-hmm. no longer existing, right? Yeah. But that is the thing. Death is going to be painful for someone, if not everyone. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, I want to I take a break from that just to give our emotions a rest. Um, and thank you very much for sharing. Yeah, it's I don't really that's it. I don't talk about it. So it's like I if you if you all see me right now, I'm in constant thought process. I'm going back into these spaces that I've not even tapped into in years yeah. of like emotion. Like I just don't think about it. And I think it's because I'm like I'm I disconnect myself from it. Easily. And it's, it's easier to disconnect than to feel those emotions. I think we're I, it's it is scary to imagine that you can feel pain so much that I guess it will kill you. Mm-hmm. I mean, people have died like from their own lives too from being heartbroken. I know what I look like when I'm super sad, and it it hurts, right? Like it it hurts mm-hmm. physically, can hurt as well. And mm-hmm. I don't, 
want to imagine that that will happen and can't be soothed because the reason that it's happening is because someone is no longer here and won't be here right i don't want to feel that 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 mourning is not something and i have so much sympathy for people who are mourning because that's the thing i I remember that was the thing i kept repeating while i was in costa rica because we would go to class and we he would sit next to us and i would say yeah and i was like this is a space this is a space that won't be occupied by him anymore right like that's that's the thing is it's like there are spaces that were designed that in my brain were designed for you and you're not there to fill them i think i think about the moment where you can't you don't even have the thought process to you can't even reach out to that person so i think like with me like if my sister passed away i don't even talk about it but like can't even reach out i can't even like talk to you if i wanted to like granted we don't talk oh jesus wow run it we don't talk we talk every day like the thought of if i can't reach out to you will throw me off like i can't even re- pick up the phone and call you because yeah. it, whatever so it's like that sucks my my next question was why do we avoid the inevitable and i think we answered it that's yeah, not, the reason why i answered it's just the it's the the fear it's the fear of the like the the missing okay i'm trying to think about what i'm trying to say it's like the emotion that comes with it all. Mm. It's like the memories, the things that you can't get back. Like yeah. you can't, like you think about the last conversation that you had, or you think about like, oh, if I would have, think about regret. You think about like, oh, if I would have held this person longer, if I would have, you know, it's all of these woulda, coulda, shoulda's that people don't want to think about that hurt people. And I think also just like the reality, like people die. Like it, it is what, it, like it, we don't want to think about that because that's, Excuse me. It's just it's too ta- It's too taxing. It's it is very taxing. emotionally and physically draining. And the world keeps going. I think that's the hardest part about but how, it too. But the thing about it is, like, it's how do you go? Mm. Uh, people are asking themselves that today. How do you keep pushing through when you've lost? People are asking something dear. Prime example: My grandmother lost her husband and her daughter within a year of each mm. other, and they were her world. She has been depressed ever since then. And now she has cancer and it's like watching someone who has lived in this space of like right at death's door, right? Whether it be that death just paid her a visit when it took her like spouse and child or it be that she's She's been casually waiting around its house, you know, waiting yeah. for the day that it was going to come and get and her, And I think too. that's the thing that scares me, too, is when people are just, okay. Yeah. They're just like, just take me, too. Yeah. Like, yes. It's like, yes. Right? Like, I get it. Yeah. I get why you're saying that, but it's like, like, I'll fight for it. Like, fight to be there. But it's like, if you don't have nothing to fight for, why bother? You can't force anyone to yeah. fight. Um. You know what? I think it might be fair to say that I have been taking the numb approach lately. I think a lot has been going on. People, my cousin also died in the last week and a half wow. as well. So I think in my brain, if I had stopped to deal with those, and I probably, and I still haven't dealt with any of those things, if we're being completely honest, um, they, because there has been no catharsis. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think. 
even this, what we're going through right now with the coronavirus, like it's scaring me. Um, because I think this is a this is a prime this is a prime time for people to go. Yeah. And I don't want that. Yeah. And I don't want my like my I'm now I'm starting to think about my grandma's getting older. She's only 65. Yeah. But it's my grandma. You know, like her mom is gone. Like her, her siblings are gone. Like thinking about like that may be the person that I do not see. And it's somebody that I'm used to seeing. You know? Yeah. It scares me. Because like I haven't had any I don't know anybody that's like really, really close that I've like I haven't had nobody close to me yet. And we gone. don't want that at and all. We don't want that. But I see that I'm coming to reality that is going to happen. We're not going to happen. That it may happen because she's getting older. And I'm not trying to put those things together. Like, I'm not trying to, like, feel feel that emotion. Like, I'm like, it's scary to me. Let's step out of the personal to engage this on a more macro level to give our emotions a break. Yeah, because I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm like I'm coming from I'm thinking about so many things. Yeah, I don't I don't what I don't want to do is put us in a negative space. But yeah. I, but I do we we both know this is a safe space, mm-hmm. right? And I do want to get our thoughts around it, but I don't want to harm you mm-hmm. and I don't want to harm yeah, myself yeah, I, either. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Um so let's talk about apocalypse, all right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the the, 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 the <laughs> this is a light situation for me. Yeah. Because I don't think of it as a bad not apocalypse, but apocalypse. No, say what you gotta say. I don't there think are religious of it as people who feel the bad same way. Thing, all right. But it's only because, to be fair, I play video games a lot. I don't think an apocalypse is realistic. Oh, what? I it is some completely. I don't. That's my. People have said for years that we were always on the brink of apocalypse. They're like one foul move, a virus could spread, yeah. and then you know you're in a pandemic, and next thing you know you're in an apocalypse, right? I know. I just don't. I, I don't think of it. I think that's where my excitement is coming from today, though, right? Like I'm Child. like we are so close to like this being like an apocalypse. Yeah. I mean, like, and it's not. People always think that stuff like that is is dramatic or exaggerative, but it's like we are super close, guys. Like we are super fucking. close close to it being um yeah. an apocalypse all it takes is for the illness to get out of our control which right now we barely have it under control um because it's spreading so rapidly and then next thing you know like we're all trying to figure out how we're going to survive that's why people are in the stores the way they're in people are saying it's like a movie the, all the movies they're talking about are apocalypse films it's too scary like it's too far-fetched no it's not that's no, the thing that's the thing that you saying, have to get out no, of no, i'm saying it's like Seeing this shit, it's surreal. It's surreal. Oh, I got you. The apocalypse to me is too far fetched. Oh wow, that's why. That's probably why and people I'm been like, making movies about this. And shit. I'm like, can we like not like? Can we be? Can we just try to be preventative? Yeah, right. Let's please? take some shit seriously. Like, I'm like, I'm not taking it as serious because it's like, I don't know. I'm just like, it's not. This ain't real. This ain't real. This ain't real. This ain't real. Wow. This ain't real. But like, it it could be. It could be real. But I'm like, I just don't want it to be. Because like, when a lot of people die. An apocalypse is, and you you can't control it. You know, you can't. They do. That's the nature of it. That's, that's the nature the thing, of I, the game. I cannot con- when if I cannot control something, I feel so helpless. Or when there's nothing that can be controlled, I feel like what the fuck. Well, that's the idea of. That's why I think I'm so excited about the idea of quarantine because that does make me feel like we can get a little bit of a hold on this. Yeah. Um. So one of the things that's been interesting to me is the idea of revolution and apocalypse. And I'm not going to go too deeply into it, but like a lot of people have said, like when we think about like black revolution, think about freedom, freedom doesn't exist until like, I mean, freedom is death, right? Like that, that 
in order to deconstruct the world the way that people, revolutionaries, talk about it, it's a death. It mm-hmm. is a death. So I relate apocalypse and revolution together because of that. Because something does have to die. Mm-hmm. To, to start over. Right, right. That's the idea of apocalypse, is that yeah. things end I, so it can start yeah, again. Yeah, I think uh, I, there's positive things to t- death. Because it's people are at peace. Yes. And there's a reset. Think about something. fire. The fire. phoenix that rises yeah. from the ashes. That's Bye how ashes. the earth moves. Yeah. Bye, ashes! <laughs> you know my bladder's weak as a bitch. <laughs> They're really just... Well, we're back. We're back, we're back, we're back. Thank Devin. You know, we gotta... Thanks gotta for letting me pee, honey. And this my bladder's a, weak. It was a break also that I needed. So I appreciate us having this little break okay. in between the show. But, um... <sighs> we need balance. We do. Like, right now, everybody's in, like, a panic. And then, like... Yeah, we need urgency, but we also need to not, like, lose our shit and start throwing papers in the air and just, like, cr- crashing planes and shit. I left my lunch at work. Oh, me <laughs> too. <laughs> it's in the refrigerator. It's okay. Minus two. Did you do that in anticipation yeah. of eating it tomorrow? Yep. <laughs> me too. <laughs> what the hell? We're so trash, but it's okay. Um, But to go back into, like, I know we just were talking about death, and it was coming from a very emotional space. I do want to make bring light to this conversation and do want to say that death can mean sometimes people letting go of a lot of pain and burden and a lot of things that um, you knew that the person wanted to be at peace with. Um, And it just also helps people that are around that were dealing with that person or taking care of that person or dealing with the conversation of death. No way long, no longer that they don't have to, deal with that burden yeah you know i think that is a thing too that like it does relieve some stress in certain cases um so i don't want to acknowledge that i don't want to like not not acknowledge that and that death can mean a restart yeah you know? i was thinking that too that it it literally means that once we talked about it before the show because you know you talked about the phoenix but like right. there are there's life continuously being brought into this world yeah and we also have to realize that it is sometimes it is time for some people to go not the time that we wanted them to probably god wanted them to go at that time do you but do you believe in ancestors because i, I do. do i very much do i know that there's so much to every time that i almost step and this has happened more than twice in front of a very quickly moving bus and i'm drawn back <laughs> i believe Show like, family. you know what i mean yeah. there i have had a lot of near death experiences Mm -hmm. and so that has made me believe that there's a force or forces out there that are keeping me alive for whatever reason right because i mean maybe just timing like charmed they had people on a list like it's just not your time so yeah um the good place i think about the show the good place i didn't watch it as much as y'all did but i watched i don't i forgot when i said the good place earlier i completely forgot that you all actually finished yeah the show only watched like two or three episodes but so, about that. Uh, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, at the end of it, um, they go through everyone's paths. Like, what what does post-afterlife look like mm. for each person? And for one particular character, it looked like reincarnation. It looked like becoming a part of the universe and then falling into mm. a human who already exists and putting your, and like your essence becoming a part of them. And I thought that was so beautiful. Yeah. Um, and it's part of the reason why I want to. I know that when I die, I want to be cremated and I want to be like planted into a tree or something. I do want to become something <sighs> else. I want to be. Good. I want to be. My whole life has been about trying to be useful, right, or trying to be helpful. Um, 
I'm the humanitarian. I yeah. want to do good. Yeah. Um, and so I want to do that in death as well. Yeah. I want my body not to just take up space underground, but to help bring about new life. Yeah. Especially if I if I don't get a chance to bring about new life in my own, mm-hmm. then I want to do it in death. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely think about that too. I think about just what do I want after? Yeah. Like, what do I? What is? What is? What? What do I feel after that? And how does it? I believe that my spirit will carry going on. To be carrying on. If you believe that you're the spirit of people who've died before you are here, then you yeah. believe the same. I definitely believe that. I, 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 I believe in spirits. I, I believe do. in definitely um, there being good spirits too. I do believe, you know, we always see those movies about bad spirits you go into. Oh, I assumed you were talking about good ones. I don't even acknowledge the bad ones. Right. I do believe in good spirits. I do believe that there are people that are watching over me. Yeah. That do, that are making sure everything is aligned and making sure when it is my time, and it is my time. Yeah. And when it's not, it's not, you know, so. Yeah, but I do, I, 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 death is a conversation that we all need to just talk about. Just transparency. One of my favorite moments during the Harry Potter franchise is the explanation of the Deathly Hallows. Mm. That the three Deathly Hallows make a person a master of death. Mm. The one that hides you, the Elder Wand, which is the most powerful wand, and um, the the Resurrection Stone. Um, And the most valuable and least, like, lethal or, like, (laughs) tragic... um, Deathly Hallow was the invisibility cloak. And the way that they tell the story is that once the guy who has been hiding from death this entire time takes the cloak off, death finds him, and they use the terminal or the word, the language, he welcomes death like an old friend. And that has always, since I heard that, that has been the way I want to approach death when it comes to me. That it is not something I've been running away from. It's your friend. That it's not something that I fear, but something that I welcome and feel prepared for. And I know I have no control over that. But mm-hmm. in my mind, if it's something that I approach with curiosity, calmness, and um, full knowledge that it's inevitable, perhaps it can be something that I greet the way I would someone I love. Mm-hmm. Mm. Or await it. I think that's the best way to go about it. I think that's the best way to wrap up that segment. <laughs> I think that is. It's welcome it. Welcome that this is the last, this is this is that time. Accept it, right? And accept it. And when it is. When it is. If it's not, you will know it's not. And you'll fight because you'll have you the fight will, in you. Right. But it doesn't have to be fought. Yeah. It, it doesn't. And I, I, it's making me, I really appreciate my sister. And I think about it a lot. She was so young and she fought cancer. Mm. Like, it's, I, I think about it, like, people ask me, maybe did she die? I'm like, no, she's a survivor. They're like, what? I'm like, and how long has she been in remission? For like the majority of her life? I now? think she's, I think the last time she had chemotherapy was eighth grade. Wow. Eighth grade. I think it was eighth or ninth. I remember that. I, I remember my mom was crying. I was like, girl, why are you crying? My sister didn't even, my sister wasn't faced. She was like, thank God. I ain't got to deal with that shit. Mom That's half like, our life. Yeah. Yeah. And it's weird because like when she gets, if she gets sick, I know like if she gets sick, I'm always like, oh my God, are you okay? 
Like if she ever wants to have kids, I'm like, this is going to be, this is going to be a struggle because you're going to lose blood. We know, like, it's, I think about those things. Wow. Um, God bless her. But I, I pre, but it's so, it's so, no, so, and we've had like a, my grandma's brothers and sisters have died from cancer, so that's the thing. Yeah. I'm always like, wow, like I've seen two folks, but it's like it's it's really we don't think about it. At all, no. like we don't talk. I don't about, think you ought to. Yeah, we don't talk about it anymore. Point, like I, I think, I mean, I think we. I think the last time we talked about it for real was she had a scholarship. She got a scholarship for being a leuke- uh, for battling leukemia. So I remember she had to tell her story, hmm. and it was very hard because she never she doesn't talk about her story. Yeah, but she because she doesn't she didn't want people to make her like everybody that like is different. She didn't want people to she didn't want people to feel sympathy for her, and she didn't want people to. Um, make her stand out from others. She didn't want to be like, when she ah. was, yeah. So she didn't want to deal um, with that. So that was the first time her and my mom, and my dad and them had to like help her with her story. And like people was interviewing her and they, it was in the news and we hadn't really dealt with it. Like we remember in like, so in the hood and when you go to like corner stores <laughs> and all that stuff like that, they have the pictures of the kids where they had leukemia and stuff like that. Oh. Yeah, and cancer. My sister was in there. And oh. we were like, they were like, oh, Devesh. I'm like, yeah. She's like, yeah, yeah, what's up? So it's, it's like, we knew that, but it wasn't never a bad thing after we knew she survived. Okay. So it was always like, but I'm always, when I think about cancer, I think about people that didn't survive. I'm like, my sister was very strong. As and a it, child. As a child. And I was like, wow. I'm rock, as I'm bringing up a lot of things. I remember I cut my hair with her. Like, oh, I had, my hair was long. And I was like, oh, you losing your hair, girl? I'm losing my hair, too. And we took so many pictures together like that. So I was, like, really understanding it. I was under, embracing these moments. And I'm thinking about, like, at a young age, I had to, like, just live in the moment. Like, I had to live in this moment with her. Like, I couldn't care. We didn't argue. I didn't even want to argue with her. I'm like, bitch, we going we gonna to do this. And it was it was a thing. So... <laughs> Wow. I, I want to thank you um, for being vulnerable and for sharing with us. Um, I, th- I think that that showed a tremendous amount of strength. I saw a new side of you oh, today. Um, <laughs> wow. I feel like I'm the one that's always like, you know, emotional, or like bearing my yeah. soul. And um, I, I know it took a lot. So thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. I don't talk. I appreciate it. I don't talk about it. I don't. I don't talk about these things. So I knew coming into this show, this episode... There was gonna be a lot of things that I could not just hold back. Wow, I just could not hold. He got that shit gated. <laughs> like all of that was so new for me today. I was like, I wish I could have seen my face when we started this conversation off. I was like, what? I didn't know that. Oh yeah, it's wow, girl. Yeah, thank you. There's that. There's a lot that I need to open up about. Yeah, that I don't, and I think that's what helped me feel better about like even when I do go if true just even think about the conversation of going knowing that i like didn't have so much weight yeah right i always want i don't want to leave with baggage i try to let shit go for that reason right, gross. I, like let it all go yeah. confess your sins honey let it all oh, go yeah. so that when you go you pack light yeah but no i appreciate you allowing this space to be comfortable and vulnerable and letting the emotions be what they are you know how sometimes they're manipulated or they're they're shifted. It was you let the motions, you let me be in the emotion and knew when it was time to like 
let's let's we got this. I'm gonna support you and through that. So I appreciate us having this conversation. Of I think course. that's that the relationship we're building with each other, and I really appreciate it. Child, I would have been like, "Yep, don't know," <laughs> but yeah. I appreciate it. Of course. I, <laughs> I If there's anything I'm sensitive about, it is typically, you know, people's emotions. So Yeah. Um, but anything that you want to leave our listeners? Oh, sure. Um, all things by design. Mm. I've been repeating that phrase to myself a lot these last four or five days and I was looking for I tweeted it and I was looking for it because I needed to see it and I needed to resonate with myself again so I'll say it again all things by design Mm. Um, I think for me um, is to be vulnerable is to be okay in the moment Mm -hmm. is to Be okay. Like it, things are going to be okay. Things are. I don't, oh my god. Um, yeah, things are going to get better. Things are going to be okay. And live in that vulnerability. Be in that moment. They will be okay. In the end, they all will. Oh, this is so weird. Um, so to close, thank you all for listening to this episode. I really appreciate the conversation that me and you had. Also, if anybody um, would like to be in, in this conversation, please hit us up in our Instagram and our Gmail and our Twitters. Our Instagram for the podcast mm-hmm. is that Black Boy Joy, mm-hmm. same as our Twitter. And if you want to hit us up in our Gmail, it is that Black Boy Joy podcast at gmail.com. And if you would like to hit us up personally and continue the conversation with us um, individually or as a collective, my Instagram is underscore Lord Every. That is underscore L-O-R-D-E-V-E-R-Y. And that is on Twitter as well. You can find me on Instagram at Derwin King. That's D-E-R-W-I-N-K-I-N-G. And on Twitter at Free Negro, which is F-R-E-E-N-E-G-R-E-A-U-X. And we cannot wait to chat with you all or be in this space with you all next time. Yeah, can't wait for our next one. <laughs>